0: Hey everybody, welcome. It is uh, Talking Truth, the podcast that everybody's talking about. Um, uh, I am Dan Whitney, also known as Mater, Larry the Cable Guy, but right now I am me, Dan Whitney, and uh, we are doing a uh, different thing today. Uh, Brian's got a book out called God's Not Like That. And we are going to do uh, six episodes on discussing the book. It's unbelievable. You're going to love it. I'm here with my wife, Kara. Kara's with us. We love it when Kara comes down. And uh, so she'll be with us as well. And here's what we're talking about. Do you keep God at arm's length or worry that God is out to ruin your life or whack you every time you step out of line? Well, here's the deal. You might be pretty surprised to learn that God's not like that, as Brian writes in his book. And that's the title of the book. And that's what we're talking about today. And I think you're going to get some encouragement out of it, some enjoyment out of it. And uh, Brian's going to read a little bit of the text, just like we normally do it. And uh, this time, Kara and I We will chime in on it, and it's going to be fantastic. So uh, kick back in your chair, get something to drink, and listen to the smooth sounds of the voice of Brian Clark. Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) The Velvet Fog.
2: The Velvet Fog, Brian
0: (laughs) Clark.
1: You know, recently I was talking to a By the group way,
0: he reads a lot of these. He's got his own theater in Branson, and he gets up and reads these.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Usually the theater's empty. You know, recently I was talking to a group of pastors. And one of them said he'd been studying the Old Testament book of Numbers and commented that he used to think the God of the Old Testament was an angry, wrathful God. But now he's realizing how incredibly patient and forgiving God is in the Old Testament. So I asked him why he saw God as so angry and wrathful. And immediately he replied, I thought he was like my dad. You know, I've been helping people in ministry for over 40 years, and I can tell you this is a very common problem. There is nothing more important in your Christian walk than your view of God. If your view of God is messed up, you'll never find the life your soul is longing for. But here's the problem. I think more people formulate their view of God from the circumstances of life than from the pages of the Bible, and at the core of that is what you experienced growing up in your family of origin. So to be clear, I'm not saying you should have learned something, or you might have learned something at home about God growing up. I'm saying whether you realize it or not, you did learn something about God. The only question is, what did you learn? Whether your family was highly religious or completely secular, whether you grew up in a two-parent family, a single-parent family, in foster care, or in an orphanage, everyone was raised somewhere by someone, and that environment has influenced your view of God. Now, that can be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on what you experienced. Often, it's some of both. Most people are completely unaware of how much their experiences growing up have affected their view of God. I think a lot of Christians, if they were honest, they would say their Christian life has not been what they hoped it would be. They just can't seem to find the peace that Jesus promised or the abundant life that Jesus offered. Some even conclude that, for whatever reason, the Christian life simply doesn't work for them. They have no idea that the root problem is a messed up view of God. And as long as that's true, your Christian life will be a struggle. So just let me repeat, I'm not saying you might have learned something about God at home. I'm saying you did learn something about God at home. The question is, what did you learn? in our first genesis season we talked about the implications of the first five words of the bible in the beginning god created if that is true then what has been created has been made with design and purpose marriage and family are not something we invented god created marriage and family and he did so for a very specific purpose it was intended by god to be the classroom where God has learned and experienced in order that we might know Him. Not just know about Him, but to truly know Him, to experience Him in a very real and practical way. The purpose of the family, then, is to pass God on from generation to generation. So how is this done? Well, we'll talk about that in the episodes to come. For this episode... I'm asking you to consider the possibility that your view of God may be messed up in some way. In other words, deep down you believe things about God that simply aren't true. So like, do you ever feel like God is never satisfied with you? That good enough is never good enough? Do you ever feel like God doesn't really like you or is disgusted by you or sick of you or tired of you? Do you feel like God is condemning you or punishing you? Maybe you're afraid of God. Do you have control issues or trust issues or authority issues? Do you keep God at arm's length or worry that God is out to ruin your life or maybe to whack you every time you step out of line? Maybe for whatever reason, you don't feel like God is safe for you. If so, where does that come from? What if God's not like that at all? What if you've projected all kinds of negative things on God that simply aren't true? Our goal this season is to walk through ways God is pictured at home and try to sort out your view of God to lead to a more accurate view. You might be pleasantly surprised to learn God's not like that. So let's bring in Dan and Kara and talk about this. So can you guys identify ways that your family of origin taught you things about God?
2: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. As a matter of fact, um, uh, uh, where you said that God doesn't like you, he's disgusted by you, have you ever thought? I, I've never thought of that of God. I've thought that Kara's thought that of me. <laughs> of you. That she's uh-huh. disgusted, sick, right. and tired. Always punishing me, uh-huh. and I know God's not like my dad because uh he's not fat or drinks pickle juice so, oh, so. anyway uh yeah i've uh definitely you know my, I came from a, a Christian family, my dad was a pastor, um totally formed my view of God, however, my dad uh was a good pastor and not that good of a dad, <laughs> so I had conflicting views. Of the way I was raised in Christianity, um, I will say I'm very thankful, though, that I always had the view that um, that that's not God's fault. That people are sinful and they're not infallible, or, or they're not you know they can mess up. Yeah. So I never held that against God. And I'm very thankful that I had those thoughts, that God gave me those thoughts, because I could have easily said, man, this is all bogus. You know, look how he lives, and he's telling me. So I never got that feeling. So I was very fortunate to have grown up in a Bible-believing home that taught me, you know, uh, that the Bible is the Word of God. And so I've always thought that. Now, obviously, as time went on, you don't study your Bible and you don't stay in touch with God and you fall away and goofy stuff happens to you. But in the back of my mind, the way I was raised, I always knew that. And, of course, now uh, uh, I had a heart change and I went back to what I was uh, taught. But, yeah, it, it, it definitely affects how you're raised. I know Kara has a whole different story.
2: Yeah. Well, I went in uh these stages with God and and I'll tell you, I can revert back to my old ideas or my own value if I am not constantly in the word of God. I just revert back to just these bad ideas, this bad view of God and um first of all, I didn't have any anything. God just wasn't mentioned at all and uh I thought I was created at so, you know, at some point you realize that you're a sinner. You do, I, I couldn't identify it as such, but I just knew I was off. And uh, so I thought I was created for evil. So I walked around like that for decades thinking that I was just bad and there was no getting around that. Um, and then once, you know, I realized that there was a chance for me, I just needed to accept that. Then I walked around a long time with survivor's guilt, almost like, why is God blessing me? I don't deserve any of that. So any good that would come into my life. I wasn't a self-sabotager, but I definitely was like, why are you doing this to me, God? Because I don't deserve it. Um, And then, you know, it went from that to, I almost felt like God was, like that was a trap. So uh, that old, if I pray for patience, then boy, I'm going to get some trial that, so then I just would, Be so scared to talk to him because I was almost afraid, like he was going to be that genie from the cartoons where I'm going to ask for this, like the Midas touch. I'm going to ask for gold, and then everything is going to turn to gold. So then I was, you know, this fear of him. So and I and I can go back to that, like uh, sometimes when I pray. uh, This is, uh, you know, this is where we can be honest. But sometimes Brian, I'll pray for healing for someone and I'm like lord you do know I mean physical healing because then I go well yeah he's going to heal everybody you know if they die they're healed if they're in christ so so I was like physical healing physical healing and it's like why do I need that he knows what i want he knows my needs and my desires um, it's just it's just interesting how i can my I just keep reverting back to that, but it's how I was raised. It has to have had some influence. And and I know in your experience, your book talks about that. So how did your life at your home influence your view of God?
1: Yeah, so I think sometimes your view of God is affected by bad decisions people make, parents make. They're struggling trying to figure out their own story. But sometimes it's nobody's fault, but it still happens. Mm -hmm. So a big part of my story would be my dad's illness and all the issues related to that. That's pretty much the only life I knew with my dad. So he died when I was 22. So my late 20s, Patty and I were married, started to have children. And that was really the first time it kind of sunk in that what I had grown up with wasn't really normal. Like I got to hold my kids, I got to walk with my kids, I got to throw a ball to my kids, all things I never got to do. So I began to wrestle with if God is so good and God is so kind and God is so loving and compassionate, how do I explain the first 22 years of my life? So if I would have defined God on the basis of my circumstances, it would have been a pretty horrendous view of God. Uh, So trying to sort out, how do you explain the circumstances of life that seem so contrary to how God is described in the Bible, how he describes himself? So that was uh, mid to late 20s really rustling through my view of God and what I'm going to choose to believe is true. So pretty significant impact. Again, it's not like it was somebody's fault, but it's still is there it's it still was something that dramatically affected my own view of god
2: well i'm gonna ask you this question because i struggle with the possibilities of what I, i get sin in the world and bad things happen and i get that god is good and he works things out for good um he's not cruel uh but how do you get, how do you reconcile the fact, like, I look at my kids, and I know that they're going to have to struggle with things. Um, and God can, he allows for certain things. So, um, you know, it goes back to what I just talked about. You know, you pray for patience, and then all of a sudden you get this storm of, you know, just lets loose on you. So it's not because you prayed for patience. I, but how do you, how do you get over it? You know, because I, I still am like, okay, no boulders coming from the sky, Lord. You know, um, I just feel like I just I worry about his wrath coming yeah. down on me. So I think,
1: like, one of the best ways to r- is run it through the grid of you as a mom and how much you love your own children. Mm-hmm. You're not sitting there waiting to whack them and finding some delight in that. But as parents, we have to coach our kids. We have to discipline our kids. Besides, there are things simply out of our control. Yeah. So it's like God God is like that. He, he's not just waiting to whack you or find delight in yeah. bringing difficulties into your life. But there's no question as Christians we're going to face things that are very hard that are confusing. We'd like answers. We don't understand why it has to be this way. And in those moments, I, I think the big surrender to me was surrendering my need to have answers to all my questions. It's like, I I don't know why it had to be that way. I'm 64 years old now. I still have all the same questions I had then. It's like, it's not that, it's not like they were ever answered, mm-hmm. but I don't think God is a a mean, uncaring God that's just waiting to throw something hard into my life as if that delights him in some way
2: yeah that actually sums it up right there I mean you're trying to put a a word to it or a phrase to it and sometimes I I can revert back to that and I know it's not true but I go there
1: yeah you know so I have I have a buddy that's a pastor I'd say he's a he's a really good pastor I'd like to have him as my pastor But uh, we were talking just a couple months ago. He's asking me about the book, and, and when I explained to him what it is, he said, well, that's totally my story. His dad was military, had an explosive temper, and he said whenever he messed up, he literally would have to avoid his dad for days until his dad cooled off enough to where it was safe to be around him. And he said everything in our home was about performance. If you performed well, then dad was okay. But if you messed up, then dad exploded. And so he left, went to college. While in college, he came to Jesus, but for years struggled. And finally, it was a Christian counselor that helped him see how much of that he had projected on to God. He said every time he messed up, he would avoid God for weeks at a time, waiting for God to cool down. So it's safe to be around him. And he said everything was about performance, performing for God. It was that good enough is never going to be good enough. And if he messed up, then he pulled back from God. He pulled back from church. He he pulled away until God cooled off. But what was interesting, at the end of that conversation, he said to me, that was 40 years ago. And I still find myself falling into those same patterns,
2: yeah, that's my if you're not in the word, you will f- revert back to that. It's like it it's instilled in you as a kid, and it's like to me, it's like holding the flashlight for my dad. yeah, you know it's like, and you never had that experience yeah. and, and that stinks because I don't know if you Dan, you've ever held a flashlight for your father. absolutely. anyone listening. It never ends well. No. <laughs> <laughs> it never does. I'm, what are I'm, you doing? Pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Spanked
0: yeah. and punched a few times for not
1: holding the flesh. Well, mine wasn't yeah. so yeah.
2: severe, but it was always you were always just a disappointment at the end of that experience, yeah. you know? It is so. powerful.
1: And you're young and that that affects you. But I, I think a lot of people don't realize how much of that gets projected onto God. And then we think God's like that. And he's really not like that at all. You know, i got to
0: tell you, I think I'm kind of a simpleton when it comes to this. Um, there's some people that, like like you and Kara, like Kara has to always dig into things and see why is this happening and why is this. Man, I, I don't know. I just kind of, it's like I said earlier, I, I never blame God for any of that stuff because I know what people are like. Um, God says his ways aren't our ways. So, there's no sense of me trying to figure out why it happened. And then God also said that He uses certain things. In the end, you'll know why I did this. And I just kind of go by faith. So, I think I'm a little different than you two. I don't question, I don't really question it because I don't know. I don't know what God's got in the future. I don't know. I know He says this all things work together for good to them that love Christ. I love Jesus. So I just just live for the fact I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. But this is what God tells me, and I'm going to believe it. And I'm not going to look that far into it because I'm not God. I did not create the universe. Only he knows. And I think those are the things that I take comfort in. Um, instead of trying to figure out why, he says it's going to rain on the saved, it's going to rain on the unsaved. We're all going to get the, because we live in a fallen world. Yeah. I get it. Now, people that don't read their Bible or people that don't really, they're just Sunday Christians and they don't stay engaged and stay in touch with it. You don't have to sit around reading the Bible all day to understand the Bible. You know, just study it read a chapter a day, get something out of it, do a devotion, just stay connected. And then you'll start, to, the pages will start to come alive and you'll start to understand a lot of it. Well, but... the character
2: of God, for sure. And I think, yeah, you know, how can somebody that's listening now and going, you know what, now that I'm really thinking about this, maybe they bought your book on Amazon and other <laughs> stores. <laughs> um, maybe they they're going, okay, I am seeing things about myself that maybe need to change a little bit, um, how would you suggest they start into pursuing this right view of God? Obviously, it's very important to to have that.
1: Yeah, so I would say probably in the top two or three things that I've seen in people over 40 years of ministry, this idea of a messed up view of God is right up there towards the top. So if I was to say to you, I think your view of God's messed up, that doesn't fix anything. That doesn't help. It's like if you're coming to me and I'm a medical doctor and I say, well, Kara, I think you're sick. Mm -hmm. That doesn't really help you. Right. So that's always been the frustration. And my experience has been most of the time these things go back to issues in your family of origin, things related to things you learned growing up. And so the purpose of the book was to provide a process, a step-by-step process whereby you can walk through your experiences in your family of origin and begin to identify areas where your view of God might be messed up and hopefully work toward a corrected view of God that ultimately has to come from the Scripture. That's ultimately the God's description of himself.
2: You had to be, and I'm just asking, I don't, at some point in your life, were you like, I don't even know if that I'm trusting God or equipped for preaching. So what clicked for you? I mean, I'm just assuming because you had to be like, I don't know that I'm, I mean, were you ever like angry towards God or anything like that or you didn't trust him? I mean, what what turned that around? Did someone say something to you? The Holy Spirit just went, okay, you need to work this out.
1: Yeah, so I was in my late 20s. I was actually preaching. I was a pastor in a church, I'd been through seminary. But the tension between what I experienced growing up and what I was preaching just became more and more intense uh, because I couldn't make sense of, What I experienced, why so much pain and suffering, and it seemed like, uh, you know, you were talking about physical healing. Uh, My experience would would have been with my dad, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. It was pretty gruesome to watch. Where I ended up is surrendering the need to get answers to my questions and choosing as an act of my will to believe God tells the truth and he is who he says he is and that's still where i'm at today I, I do believe with all my heart god is good and he's kind and he's compassionate and he's loving but i don't have answers to any of those questions i don't think i i don't think i ever will i one day when i stand before jesus i don't think i'm going to ask him a bunch of questions at that point <laughs> right the questions won't matter yeah exactly. i agree uh, so that was the turn so in my case I had been raised in a Christian home. I'd been through seminary. I knew the material. Yeah. But I had to I had to choose if I was going to believe that or not. Okay. So for some people, if they don't even know what's in the Bible, like a lot of people reject God in the Bible because they have really crazy views about God, but they've never even opened a Bible. At at some point they're going to have to get serious about pursuing how God describes himself right. and decide whether they're going to believe that or
0: well, not. Well, you you're you right. You have to get serious about it. If you're a Christian and you want to know Jesus better, read about him. Yeah. You know? And let me just say, I didn't go to seminary, and I didn't spend all that money that Brian did, and you just said the same thing I said. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, too, you, you bring up a good point, and there's not enough time for it today, so maybe next week we talk about consumer. Like a consumer, someone who's going to church, yep. and but really not having any sort of a relationship. Because yep. I think that's when people really get into trouble. Because yep. they think they're doing everything right. That sounds great.
0: Right. They know nothing about a personal relationship at all.
2: That was our ending.
0: And I've just hopped the ending. <laughs> <laughs> so we can Thank end you. it twice. I added on to the ending. <laughs> we'll see you next week here on Talking True.
2: Hi, Kara Whitney here. I love it when I get to be part of this podcast with Dan and Brian. It's really fun, but I also learn a lot, and I hope that you do too. Now, before we go, Brian's new book, God's Not Like That, really speaks to all of us about the right view of God versus the God we learned about from our family. No family is perfect, and we know that, but God can redeem all of that and give us the abundant life that we long for. So if you'd like a copy of God's Not Like That, please visit TalkinTruth.com. That's talk with the letter N, truth.com. Well, that's all for now. Join us again next week for more Talkin' Truth. Are you still talking about this book? Let's go. I can't help it. It's so good. Get it done.